It's the Adult in the Room podcast with Victoria Taft. That's me. The California Recall. What's the path forward for people who voted against the lockdowns, the put-downs, and who simply wanted a way back to what used to be called normal? Gavin Newsom's message on Tuesday night was, now let's get back to work, as if the whole thing had never happened. And on Wednesday morning, he said it was a good day to be a Californian. But if it's so good, how come so many people wanted him so gone? And nowhere in his rhetoric, nowhere in his ads, his public statements, his so-called victory speech, his surviving the California recall speech, nowhere during the entire recall has Gavin Newsom come even close to showing a little humility, an apology for his overwrought lockdowns, an apology for his hypocrisy, a moment of clarity to fully see how short he has come in doing what it is that the people of California wanted him to do. And in so seeing what's going on in California, this recall of Gavin Newsom and the loss thereof is a place where we can take a look, take the lessons and move forward. This is how to fight back. Instead of the issues most concerning them, the people in California, crime, they were called criminals, like the January 6th rioters. They were called QAnon crazies. Instead of acknowledging the issue they saw running out of control, the indulgence of homeless criminal enterprises, Gavin Newsom did nothing to help ameliorate the cost of housing for Californians. He made it worse. Now, that would take too much work to, to quote-unquote, fix that. Instead of defying the teacher union cronies as his kids were in person learning at their private school. Uh, now, there's a guy who knows an inferior product when he sees one. He told the parents in that inferior quality school that their complaints were less because they wanted him out of office. He didn't learn a damn thing. In his comment, now let's get back to work, he means to keep doing what he's been doing. Doing the bidding of his leftist cronies, killing jobs, AB5, anyone? Killing the ability to get to and from work in the way you want, the way you can afford? His Green New Deal killing the internal combustion engine? Keep uh, letting the guilty walk out of prison and jail to keep predating on the innocent? And making it untenable to keep the air conditioning on in 89% humidity because this poser says more energy needs to come from our solar and windmills. We need that energy to power our electric cars. And where's it all going to come from? It will all have to be rationed. You know that and I know that. Where does that electricity for the batteries in those Teslas come from? It comes from electricity. Where does electricity come from by far? Oh, coal, hydroelectricity. We've got other natural gas. In the aftermath of the recall, which saw close, like 60-40 split, 60% said, well, you know, we don't want to be a QAnon people. We have to save Gavin Newsom there because he's doing such a bang-up job. The people on the other side, not the QAnon people, not the crazy people, not the others that they claimed they were, Gavin Newsom at Al and his $100 million expenditure on advertisings to go, advertising to go wall-to-wall on radio and television and online. Here's what Kevin Kiley, who's running in the race to replace Gavin Newsom, 
Movements of historic significance rarely achieve a total triumph on the first attempt, he wrote on Twitter. They also rarely come as close as we did. A month ago, the polls showed a tie. Rest up, relax, recharge and get ready. The fight for California's future has only just begun. And Jen Van Lahr, with whom I speak in just a few minutes in an interview that I did, she's the senior editor at Red State and executive editor at Red State. She talked about an interesting thing that might come from this election, this recall, the organization that it spawned. And I think you'll want to listen to that interview to get an idea of where you in your city, your town, your state can go forward now. You don't all have to flee those crazy blue states. Why not and insist upon a little red in your own place? Kevin Faulkner, the former mayor of San Diego, said, I want to thank my supporters You all know me. I've never been one to be part of a circus. I've been the one to come in to end the circus. That's just who I am, he wrote on Twitter. California's problems aren't going away, and I'm proud that we ran a campaign based on experience and solutions. And he said, the path to victory in California is to win by addition, bringing folks together across the spectrum. This race became dominated by national partisan politics. Now, whose fault is that? I trust he didn't say now whose fault is that. I just added that because I'm asking I'm answering the rhetorical question with a rhetorical question. I trust the democratic process and now know Californians deserve a governor focused on solving California's problems. The way forward, I believe, is this. Okay, the California GOP uh, put out a statement. California GOP has not been terribly helpful during this recall. They've sort of been following the activists trying to get rid of Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom, they wrote, the Jessica Milan Patterson wrote, Gavin Newsom was rescued by two presidents, radical left-wing Washington, D.C. politicians, and campaign spending in excess of $50 million. It was closer to 100 None of it was used to defend Newsom's numerous failures, but instead to create ridiculous and false narratives to protect him. The whole QAnon thing. However, Newsom and his allies can no longer ignore the millions of California, the Democrats, Republicans, and declined state people who voted yes and recognize that state government has failed to deliver on its core responsibilities. Amen to that. While Democrats crow and celebrate theirs as a hollow victory, California remains a state where surging crime, raging wildfires, crippling drought, a broken unemployment department, shuttered businesses, lost jobs, unaffordable housing, and suffocating taxes are a sobering reality. They will face voters in 2022 and be held accountable for their policies that have left too many Californians behind. And I imagine as they go forward toward that 2022 election, they'll be thinking quite quite a bit of themselves. They'll be walking around. They'll be puffing up their feathers saying, well, we can't be touched. But I can't imagine that that hundred million dollar expenditure to stop the recall of Gavin Newsom. He's you know, he's on ballot next year as well. Uh, that that didn't come cheaply, obviously. And I wonder just how many of those places, those people, those organizations will be willing to pony up more cash for him in the next year. That's just an interesting thing. Now, I've moved on from California for other reasons than wanting to get out. And I have paid fairly close attention to the election in California. One more person I wanted to give you their response to, because that was the leader of the Republican candidates seeking to replace Gavin Newsom. That's Larry Elder 
who conceded defeat early on and uh, waited, of course, until the lines were cleared at the polling places and got over 45% of the vote of those who voted on question two, which was the who's, who do you want to replace Gavin Newsom if uh, they voted yes to recall. And he said, he's, <laughs> he's so funny. He said, California, thank you for the love. And then he put the uh, wonderful poem, The Man in the Arena, on his Twitter uh, his Twitter uh, timeline. And of course, it's a Theodore Roosevelt citizen and a republic, the man in the arena. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds. Who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of the high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those old and cold, timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. It's a famous, it's a famous saying, a famous poem. He also wrote, uh, Larry Elder did, only in America can a black person become president or a white supremacist. Uh, of course, hearkening back to the L.A. Times, which called him a white supremacist. He's black, grew up in Compton, South Central L.A., and um, went to college. In fact, went to one of the finest law schools in the land and came by his conservative principles quite honestly. Thank you very much. All right. As promised, I wanted to have you listen to Jen Van Lahr. She is a colleague over at redstate.com. Uh, we're both under the same umbrella organization, Salem Communications, in our writing. And Jen Van Lahr provides some insights into what next. Not necessarily a look back at what went wrong, although some of these questions do touch on that stuff, because we've got to look back in order to make it better for the future. And I want you to be hopeful and buoyed after listening to this interview. Jennifer Jen Van Lahr is the managing editor of the consequential website, redstate.com. In that way, we're colleagues as we're both under the Salem Communications banner. She over at Red State and I over at PJ Media. And we've also worked together in a different life and a different time and place, Independent Journal Review, back when it was a real website. Jen Van Lahr, welcome to the Adult in the Room podcast. Thank you. I had to crack up at your description of IJ Review, but I fully agree. <laughs> I, I have no idea what happened to that thing, except they went to videos. I, I don't even know. Yeah, it doesn't. blah, blah, blah. God bless them. God bless them. Well, so you've made yourself, whether you wanted to or not, a part of the California recall campaign. You wrote about it all the time over at Red State. You made yourself a voice in this campaign uh, in the recall of Gavin Newsom, you've amplified some of the biggest issues in the race, and you've watched the campaign, the result, and now what is the path forward to those people who voted against lockdowns, put downs, and who simply wanted a way back to normal? What can they do? There's a lot to do. I get it. it's it's empowering, but also overwhelming to think about because 
it's not just a quick fix. There isn't a quick fix. We didn't get to this spot overnight, and we're not going to get away from it overnight. So I've got a lot of ideas, but the bulk of it comes down to two things. People need to get uh, involved at their local level, meaning if you want to run, run for neighborhood council in the city of L.A., that's actually a pretty huge deal. If you want to mm-hmm. be on a planning commission or school board, start start running there. Get involved in your local uh, community. Don't think that you have to run for Congress as your first thing out. And also, I think that a lot of there's a lot of disparate entities on the conservative and even just you know, no party preference side that are all trying to do similar work within California. And I think that they need to, we need to find a way for a lot of these people and organizations to coalesce and and make coalitions to, even if we don't agree on every single thing, but find things that we do agree on and goals we all want to accomplish and partner on those. I'm glad you said that because that was exactly what I was thinking. Both of those things, the granular level, getting close to the decisions made at a local level, because those generally are the most consequential to those people in uh, who are just trying to live their lives in California. How much are the water rates? I don't know. Why don't you run for the water board? How much are the um, get on the sandag or get on any number of oversight boards, if you can, to at least have a say in how energy is produced in this state, for example. Those are huge issues in California. And to the end of the the observation about the, uh, you know, we need to coalesce around certain specific issues, I wish, this is a look back, but I wish that instead of running for governor, Kevin Kiley, who's so amazing and has brought such energy to that recall, had maybe been the idea guy and done a just a generalized list of things upon which all of the candidates would agree and, and align with, a slate of candidates, if you will, and mm-hmm. uh, the ideas uh, that these candidates bring, and, and then run on those ideas, as opposed to them being able to divide and conquer uh, Larry Elder from the rest of the pack. Um, even though Larry Elder was an outstanding candidate in many respects, uh, I think that uh, they were allowed to they were allowed to polarize him and keep him away from the other the other sheep in the in the rest of the wonderful fold of people that were running for governor. Yeah, and a little inside baseball on that. And again, not not trying to look back or postmortem or anything, but just context for the conversation for going mm-hmm. forward. Um, I know because most people are aware that I had endorsed Kylie and I've uh, ended up volunteering probably 50 hours a week over the last month, um, getting him in appearances around Southern California. So I've got to spend a lot of time with him and he wasn't going to enter the race at all. It was convinced to before Larry Elder joined just a few days before he joined. Right. If he had known that Elder was definitely going to do it, I don't think that he would have joined the race. And he did have a list of grievances, basically, like hearkening back to the American Revolution, that were things that all of the candidates ended up agreeing on and a lot of things that Larry Elder ended up saying in his messaging. So I think you definitely have a great point there. He Kylie has, you know, he wrote the book on why we should recall Newsom. And we kind of lost that message somewhere along the line. And on the going future part, one idea I've been talking about with people today is people like Kevin Kylie need to keep the momentum that they've gained, the the name recognition that they've gained over this two months, 
uh, build that into something more long lasting and kind of the idea I had had. And so this is not a Kylie thing. It's just my idea is that someone like him should create, whether it's a PAC or a ballot initiative committee, something about mm-hmm. individual liberty within California. So it would be issues based. Mm-hmm. Talk about things like AB5. Talk about things like public school choice or, or just school choice to have go to a charter or a religious school. Things that all pertain to individual liberty that a cross section of Californians will agree with from like different that. parties and like be focusing Howard Jarvis, on that. Like what Howard Jarvis does for taxes. Right. I love that because ultimately we're still left. I mean, I've moved out of California because for a variety of reasons, not least of which is, you know, it was, it was uh, dysfunctional, but that, that, that really wasn't the chief reason, frankly. But um, we all can agree that bad people still need to stay in prison. Californians still need water and they need a path forward on getting water to different parts of the state that is in constant drought. Housing is oppressively expensive. Homelessness is encouraged. Flouting the law needs to end. There are a lot of things that people can agree on that Gavin Newsom is doing absolutely nothing about. Right. And he's just, he's just spending more money on and he blo- he's blocked uh, attempts to audit things like homeless spending. And going to your p- point about housing, and I know there's been big battles this year about single family housing versus multiple units on a property and that kind of thing. One thing people can do at the local level to get involved, in my particular city, our planning board members are appointed by each city council person, gets to appoint a planning commission member, and they're almost more powerful than city council people with their ability to approve or disapprove um, projects. So people that really are concerned about that, look into how you can be on a planning commission or oversight board or something within your community so that you're seeing what really happens not what's portrayed to you from either side of the media and have a voice in getting in getting the correct news out and shaping that policy. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of the pack on, on liberties uh, that you are recommending that maybe Kylie get out in front of and be able to um, agitate people for, I mean, get money, fundraise, do all sorts of things to, to stand up for those values. Um, and I think he's the guy to do it, honestly. Maybe you can get John yeah. Cox to give him some money. Yeah, and he. what I loved, I don't know if you were able to hear Kylie's um, speech last night. I finally got to hear it this morning. But he went through and talked about all of the good things of the other candidates that were the top-tier candidates that were running for this and awesome. how what he hopes for them for the future. So that's one of the reasons I really liked him as a candidate in person. But, yeah, I mean, John Cox has the resources to do whatever he wants. Kylie's got great ideas and I think that Larry Elder definitely and his supporters have to be a big part of this. One of the kind of roadblocks going forward is going to be the establishment California GOP, some of whom today are already tweeting that basically the grassroots needs to sit down and shut up because they cost the recall. To that, I say, well, if you want to say that Larry Elder being in the recall tanked it, then yes, the grassroots tanked it. And maybe you should pay attention to them because they have that much power because they didn't feel heard within the California GOP. So they went. In this other direction, maybe you need to make an alliance with these people. Yeah, it would be nice. The uh, GOP's just been almost a no-show on this thing. Oh yeah, the few you know tweets or things that you know that, that I saw the tweet out by the the chair of the GOP in California today, who sounded like she had a pulse, but um, that hasn't been the case in most of this recall election. 
It hasn't. That's been the most disappointing to me. So disclosure, I am a delegate to the California GOP just from this last year is when I was first appointed. And so we had a battle over a nomination vote in uh, late July, early August. And a lot of us that are more of the grassroots variety didn't want the party to take a position on question two because we felt that it would detract from question one, which was the recall. So we were able to get that shot uh, shot down where they're not going to have they weren't going to endorse a certain candidate and all of us were told that that okay then whatever money and resources the the state party has will be used to drive get out uh, get out the vote on question one okay you can text it and get the vote out but if you haven't spent money to do mailers to people on why Newsom stinks or done a bunch of messaging or bought ads I mean, Newsom spent $100 million. You couldn't turn on the TV here without the terrible ads about the Republican recall and how people were all going to die if Newsom was recalled, even on Fox News. We had nothing to combat that. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, I listen to the radio a lot and certainly do so on my smartphone. And all I heard was the fact that the people behind the re- the recall were January 6th crazy people, QAnon nutters and that sort of thing. And it, and it was effective. Obviously, it was very effective. And they let them do it. And uh, they could not seem to get their message out that, hey, we're not crazy. And that's not the number one thing. But uh, these are the things upon which we all stand and with and agree. And that was just a shame. Now, let's see. It was shortly after the election results were known, Gavin Newsom sent out a tweet saying, let's get back to work. There's no humility in this man. There's no, I have heard your message, 40% of the Californians. Uh, there is no, I have uh, changed my view on anything. I, I have heard your message about lockdowns and closed schools and all that stuff. Nothing. It's just that more of the same is what I'm hearing when he tweets out something like, let's get back to work. What do you see or hear when you hear that message from Gavin Newsom? Yeah, so I was watching last night when he gave his speech uh, before even the polls were closed an hour when people were still in line in Orange County and some in L.A. and Ventura County were still in line to vote. He's declaring victory with his uh, Cheshire cat grin uh, that he's obviously we all want whatever he has and whoever didn't like it can basically sit down and shut up. And even today, there was just a a Sacramento press club postmortem of the recall and Newsom's campaign manager said, there's no, there's nothing the governor did to contribute to this recall qualifying. Like he's not even admitting that he did anything wrong, that this was just all because Republicans wanted to try to backdoor a Republican governor because we can't win at the ballot box. No acknowledgement of the things he did. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if, if you're going to do that, why would you take on a state that has what is a D plus twenty five? Um, why would you do that? That would be almost impossible. But it is not impossible now within time to make inroads, to make a change, to get people involved, tell them that it, this isn't just. Uh, a phase. It's not going to be four years. It's not going to be five years. It might be. It might be thirty. And hopefully and not. I mean, I, know, I would say at least a decade before we have a strong conservative, uh, a strong opposition party to the Democrats. Yeah, in California, the Republicans are the third largest party after none of the above, practically. Right. Which says a lot. It says that the people are hungry for something different than what the Democrats are offering, but they don't have a palatable option. 
what who is what's the embodiment of that palatable option? I mean, we've got an election for governor next year. Right. Now, I think the way that Trumpism has been just demonized here, regardless of whether you think it's good or bad, like the policies themselves, it's been demonized here. It's a it's a damaged Mm -hmm. brand. I think that that I think the ideal governor candidate, in my view, just based on I grew up in a suburb of L.A. I still know a lot of the people I grew up with that are just basically middle class to maybe upper middle class people, some of whom don't even vote because they don't think it matters. Just from all of that, I think we want someone who's fiscally conservative, not not like super progressive on environmental things, but environmentally conscious because Californians are a lot more into that than other places in the country. Socially moderate. I mean, they could be someone that's a Christian and very strong in their faith as long as they're not making that the basis of their campaign. Uh, And that just because you're not going to ever win if you're like, okay, um, no abortion and no gay marriage, regardless of how you feel about it personally. That's Mm -hmm. not going to win here. So I think the the Mm -hmm. fiscal conservative that wants to make it easier for people to do business, make it easier for housing to be built, uh, just those quality of life things, keep keep criminals in prison. I mean, the George Gascon recall is a prime thing of that. That's very much not a Republican thing. It's saying, no, if someone is like, they need to be in jail. (laughs) Well, I mean, this might be a test case. I mean, the George Gascon recall might actually be the way that shows other people who want to recall some of these layabouts, how it's done. Uh, Keep on message. Don't uh, go off into some rabbit trail, uh, whatever, and just keep it on message. Hey, guess what? This guy's letting prisoners out. He's letting people get out of get out of jail. Uh, actually, he's not even putting them in jail. He's letting right. them out with no bail. Uh, and so these kinds of things people get, they understand, as you say, quality of life crimes. And I just, when is that election, Jen? They have not got all of the signatures yet. I think they still have a month in signature gathering. But that's something if people in California, especially Southern California, are wondering what they can do, help make sure that that campaign gets gets the recall qualified and then work to get out the vote. L.A. County yeah. is huge. They might think, oh, it's not I'm not L.A. County. Well, we all go into L.A. County. I mean, I just now they today they came out with a vaccine mandate. If you want to go to a sporting event, I'm a huge Dodgers fan and they're mm-hmm. not going to take the fact that I've recovered from covid naturally as vaccine. Right. So guess who can't go to a game now? Yeah, Even though I don't live in L.A. County. So it, well, L.A. County matters to all of us and they're going to need our help. Yeah. And NBA didn't the vote didn't the players just get uh exempted from having to get shots isn't that the with their collective bargaining announcement yeah i think, that I was think the so NBA. but i wonder how that'll work if la county has a mandate because it says employees and guests of these of indoor bars blah 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 and mega sporting events well i i just don't think that's legal i just don't think you can do yeah. that but that's going to require a lawsuit it's going to require 100 lawsuits to get uh, gloria what's her kisser off the uh, you know st- you know and that's another thing um, it's the, um, this is the thing that is the key to the ball game and it is ridding ourselves, ridding every state f- of the uh, emergency ordinances that keep these horrible autocratic decisions in place. And they've got to, the, the, the legislature's got to meet. They've got to say, no, 
even as bad as the California legislature is, which is a supermajority Democrat, they should at least have to legislate this crap. And and Gavin Newsom ought not be the guy saying, well, you know, I'm going to wave my magic wand over here and you can't go into restaurants and you and Gloria Ferrer can't do that either. I'm just take it away. This is just it's just going on two years of an emergency. OK, you know, why don't why why bother with the Constitution, Jen Van Lahr? Why even bother? Right. And um, there is a bill pending in the legislature to, that would limit his powers to 60 days without the legislature going in and voting on it. And they would have to vote on it every 60 days. Mm-hmm. Something like that is so much better than what we have now. But given this legislature that we have, I, I'd imagine they'll just keep rubber stamping it. And the reason I think the Democrats aren't really making a fuss is then they don't have to take the responsibility or the heat for whatever Gavin's doing. Yeah, yeah, I I know. That's just their easy out. But the rest of us actually are told that we have to abide by the rules of the ballgame. And the rules of the ballgame say that the legislature actually makes these decisions. When you've got in a recall election, the governor has his appointed secretary of state saying, oh, and by the way, we're all in COVID, you know, ooh, Delta variant, very, very bad. There will be very limited in-person voting, and we're going to flood the zone with mail-in ballots that go to multiple, multiple ballots going to the same address for different people. That's a problem. That is a problem. California finally mm-hmm. instituted some legitimate integrity, voter integrity rules. They they used it for one election, which I voted in. That's the reason I real I went, holy crap, this is not bad. I I'm I'm impressed. And then they abandoned it after COVID. That was it. Well we can't have those. Am I wrong? Right. No, you're not wrong. Uh, one of the problems also is that they've the state well LA County has been ordered to clean up their roles by a, a consent order in a federal lawsuit and they still haven't done it. There's a, we know there's a bunch of problems with the voter rolls and with just uh, with the, the um, turning in the mail ballots, the ballot harvesting, because you have yeah. people that don't even live there who are dead. And then there's no check to see if or get their ballots out of state. I do have to give California GOP kudos there. They have really intensified their election integrity program, and that's head up, headed up by Harmeet Dillon. And mm-hmm. they had a team of attorneys, from what Harmeet said, the most resources ever thrown at election integrity by the state party. They're evaluating which lawsuits to file now, not not in the hopes that it will change the outcome. I think that the outcome is going to change over the next few days. It'll be a lot tighter. I don't think that mm-hmm. it'll there would be like a reversal, but I think it'll be a lot a lot tighter. But in Harmeet's view is like we have elections next year. We have other elections. We need to put things in place if there's chronic yeah. problems we're seeing with people out of state receiving their ballot and still returning it when we can prove that they live in another state, then we need to figure that out and get safeguards in place. So I, I do have to give the California GOP kudos for standing up on that and deciding it's going to be a long-term thing that they're going to fight for election integrity. Yeah. They have to do that. That's the ball game in California. I think I've got a California ballot sitting in my mailbox in Washington state right now. Oh, I've been man. down in California. I know. Yeah. I, I'm, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. And, um, and I've been down in Southern California visiting our, my daughter and her husband because we've just welcomed our first grandchild. So and I know you know about that. So, yes, I um, do. <laughs> it's just been it's just been fantastic. And but I've just been away for weeks. So um, and um, and so I haven't seen the paperwork 
in and of itself, it's sitting in my P.O. box. So cannot wait to see it because I plan on doing a story about it. Hey, here's my vote. You know, if I'd voted right. that ballot, no, who would have known? Who would have known? They wouldn't. They wouldn't unless people went back and were able to check. And here's the thing. If people get a real ID in the new state and where they move uh, or a few other things, that goes into different databases or they change you know, or they file taxes there and that changes. There should be databases that the California Secretary of State should be able to sync up with that would delete like the Social Security death index. That should automatically take off dead yep. people. You know, yep. it shouldn't be that. It's not like as difficult as they might make it out to be. It sure it. How how difficult could it be? I mean, I mean, you've got height, you've got Silicon Valley in your backyard. I mean, honestly, you don't think there are people who with the smarts to be able to uh, intersperse these kinds of databases and spit out a, a clean voter roll? Really? That, they want to find out if you're an employer using independent contractors. They will find every way to figure that yes. out. Well, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Know. And that, you know, there's another there's another uh, issue, AB5, job killing, because they're not the right kind of jobs, according to the uh, head of the Democratic Party, as well as, uh, you know, the legislator, was it? Uh, Lorena Gonzalez. Oh, Gonzalez. Lorena Gonzalez. Oh, yeah. Nathan Fletcher's honey. Um, yeah, and he, I mean, he's uh, up for recall, winner. too. So people in San Diego Thank can God. help recall Nathan Fletcher. Send a message. What? Yeah. I mean, honestly, people should do that. Well, listen, Jen Van Lar, thank you so much for coming on the Adult in the Room podcast. I appreciate your work. I appreciate your passion. Appreciate your willingness to do what it takes to move the ball forward, not just complain about it, because outrage does not equal insight. Outrage, in your case, is getting things done. And I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Adult in the Room podcast. To keep the programs you like to listen to, please rate this podcast with a fantastic five stars on your Apple podcast app every time you listen. And give me a great review. Plus, of course, subscribe to the podcast. It makes a difference with the big tech algorithm and the big tech oligarchs. And it makes us easier to find. Please get in touch with me on all the big tech stuff. Yeah, we're still there. Using the names Victoria Taft or the Adult in the Room podcast on MeWe, Parlor, Minds, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks to 1A Cast for imaging, editing, and production. The fantastic song is Gospel by the March 4th Band of Portland, Oregon. Music for Antifa versus Mike Strickland is Ride or Die by Raps by RC. The Adult in the Room podcast is also a production of Flamingo Road Studios. Remember, head up, heart out, and strive to be the adult in the room. Till next time, mischief managed.